You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. Welcome to the Job Forum. Job Forum. My name is Mana Azizoltani and I am a PhD student at... At the Hera College of Hospitality here at UNLV. On this show, we discuss the journey through college and into the workforce with recent graduates of different disciplines. Welcome to the Job Forum. All right, guys, let's get this party started. So, I'm here with my friend Chase Norberg, who is a private jet pilot for Thrive Aviation, and he's come to talk about his experience getting through the aviation industry and just kind of what he does. Hello. And I'm also here with my buddy Radic who also works for Thrive Aviation in the office and is going through his pilot journey himself. Hello, hello. All right, Chase, well, do you want to give a little introduction? Sure. Uh, my name is Chase Norberg. Uh, I pretty much grew up here in Las Vegas with Mana, actually. And uh, I'm 24 years old, and I fly charter for Thrive Aviation. That's pretty cool, dude. Radic, do you want to give instruction too? Yeah, so I also grew up in Vegas, too. Um, kind of grew up with Mana as well. Um, just graduated high school, trying to be a pilot, um, about halfway through my training, and found a way to get a job with Thrive Aviation, and uh, here I am now. Get your feet wet somehow, right? Yes, exactly. <clears throat> so, uh, Chase, do you want to tell me a little bit about your dream to get into aviation? I know you started really young. Yeah. Let's see. Where did it all start? Uh, probably the fourth grade. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know exactly, like, the, the time that I knew I wanted to be a pilot. It was so weird, but I remember it very clearly. Because uh, you remember, like, uh, I went to Smalley and right. uh, the Thunderbirds would, like, fly over all the time. Oh, wow. And so, like, you know, you'd look up and watch, like, the Thunderbirds doing, like, practice rounds. And I was like, yeah, I think I want to do that. That looks pretty cool. I told my parents, like, when I got home, I was like, I want to be a pilot. And then they were like, yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> it's just a fad thing, you know. He's he's little, He's young. But, uh, yeah, no, I stuck with it ever since. So Yeah, so you ended up going to high school for aviation, right? I did. Uh, I went to Rancho High School here in Las Vegas. They have, like, a magnet program uh, for pilots. So what they do is you go through a four-year program at Rancho, you know, regular high school courses. Okay. But then they also add on an extra class that's specifically designated for aviation. So by your senior year or by the end of your senior year, you can come out with your private pilot's license, which is the first step in the licensing process. So wait, you can actually take, you can actually like fly a plane before you're 18? 17, yeah. Oh, it's 17. So you can actually start training well before that. You just can't get officially licensed until you're 17. Oh, got you. So if you were like a 16-year-old kid, you could like go fly a plane as yeah, long as you Yeah, that's what were. I did. Wow. Yeah. That's nuts. Um, okay, well, do you want to talk about the exam process in a little bit? Oh, man, the exam process, it's a long one. It's a yeah. never-ending exam, pretty much. Um, what I mean by that is that you're constantly getting licenses and you're constantly getting recurrent. Um, so basically, the testing never stops. Mm. Uh, it's just to make sure that you're constantly current in the most in the thing that you're flying at the moment. Um, you Once you get the license, you have the license for life, but whether you are current or not, that is what needs to be re-upped all the time. Gotcha. And so I know that, like, for example, you, do, you get your private pilot's license. Mm -hmm. And then what, what were you working on, Radic, the other day? The um, so, yeah, there's – when you're getting into aviation, there's three initial licenses that you need to have. 
There's a private license, which is just your basic. You can fly your plane. The second one, which is pretty hard to get, it's called your instrument flight rules rating. Um, that one basically just means instead of looking outside the cockpit, you're looking at the instruments to fly the plane. Um, that one's considered probably one of the hardest ones to get just because it's a lot of theory that you have to learn. Um, and then the third one's a commercial license, which basically means you get paid to fly the plane. Gotcha. Definitely. And uh, how are you going about getting your uh, license? Because there's so many different ways. Yeah. Um, I chose to go the private route. Private route's a little bit cheaper, and you can go at your own pace. There's a lot of companies out there that are advertised, oh, you can do all this in six or seven months. But mm-hmm. yeah, I've heard things about them that they kind of rush things along, and you're not really retaining that knowledge. So I don't really want that to happen. Yeah, I've had uh, – multiple different stories from different pilots uh, go to schools like that. And some, they're like, yeah, I got my ratings done really quick and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm really appreciative of it. And uh, it's not for some people, you know, they pushed me too fast. Exactly. Uh, I just didn't think I was ready, but they pushed me into it, stuff like that. So depending on your work ethic, you know, it really depends on which route you want to go. And so I know that those exams, because you guys tell me all the time that they take a certain amount of hours, right? They need to fly. How does that work? Mm -hmm. You want me to take this one? Oh, uh, you can go ahead. Yeah. So basically, depending on which rating you're getting, there's a different set of stipulations okay. on which rating you want to get. Um, and it basically goes the order it goes. Uh, private, commercial, um, you're going to have to get your instrument rating somewhere in there because right. the instrument is not a license. It's an add-on to your certificate. So you, uh, most people do it after their private pilot's license is the thing. So it kind of goes private, instrument, commercial. Mm. Then uh, a lot of people like to do their multi-engine. So then you can fly planes with more than one engine, and that's another rating, an add-on to your to license. To commercial one. Correct. Would that be the one they need to fly, for example, like an airline plane, like a commercial airline? Mm-hmm. Um, I had it um, early on because you even doesn't even mean for commercial airliners. It just means for any airplane with more than one engine that you got to fly. And then after that, the last and final license that there is is the airline transport license. Okay, so is that the is that the one that you you would do to like fly for United or Lufthansa yep, or whatever? You have oh, to okay. have an airline transport to get uh, a job at you know one of the regional airlines or one of the airlines or even a charter one thirty five company. Um, sometimes, uh, like even at my company, I didn't technically need an ATP, but I had all the coursework and the paperwork done so that when I went to train, I got the final license as I got my rating for the planes that I fly now. Okay, I got you. And so what exactly is like the flying hour commitment that you need for each one of the the certifications? Uh, So they all kind of ramp up a little bit. Um, For the private license, you the minimum is only 40 hours. And there's smaller stipulations in there, but it's 40 hours. The instrument license, when it's all said and done, is about 90 hours, I'd want to say. It really depends on your progress. Yeah. Oh, it kind of depends how fast you study or how fast you learn, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are regulations saying you need to have this many instrument hours at this many time. Um, But uh, it can take, you know, anywhere between, you know, 60 to 70 to 100 to 120, depending on how dedicated you are and how often you fly. And it just depends. The average, um, I heard, the average for new private pilots like I said, the minimum is 40, but the average is about 80 to 100. Wow. So, yeah, it can go anywhere. It just depends on how much you study. And, and the final license that you need, the commercial, that's the one where people are like, it's really expensive to get into because you need 250 hours for that one. And so you you mentioned it's expensive. And I was going to ask this next is 
how how much does it take like in terms of your capital input in order to get one of the license or each license or but you know maybe the first license so i'll go through a little bit about my experience okay yeah, go for it um so when i was uh doing my private pilot's license in mm. high school um my parents helped me pay for that privately uh and i went to a flight school in north las vegas after all was said and done i think out of pocket we paid somewhere around seven to eight thousand just for the private pilot uh, and then actually Rancho High School, the place I was talking about earlier, actually donated $2,500 towards so they, my training. They subsidized it a little bit. They did. So if I was committed enough and I was committed enough in my training, part of the magnet program, one of the deals was is that they would pay wow. uh, $2,500 towards your training, which was pretty cool. You know, that's yeah. that's a big a thing big chunk for, of money. for a you know, lowly high school student trying to get your little private's license, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, well then... It sounds like you can just like pay the money and, you know, do the hours and learn everything you need to know and take the exams and become a pilot. So why exactly did you go to college then? So the way that I went, uh, I went uh, what's called the uh, flight university route. So whereas Radek is doing his privately, um, he's doing it more cost efficiently on his own dime. Uh, what I did is I elected to go to the University of North Dakota, which is one of the you know higher end flight school universities out there. Um, so not only did I get a bachelor's degree in aeronautical science, uh, along with all the flight training that comes with it. So basically what they did was they streamlined the whole process for me. And then they just kind of cut it into semesters of college. So I did a full four years degree worth of college courses, uh, along with the courses that it took as an aviation professional. And then I did all my licenses up through my certified flight instructors with instrument rating. So I went pretty high up the totem pole and going to one of these university flight training programs because they streamlined the process in the way that they did you're able to get what's called a restricted airline transport license. So we talked about the airline transport being the being highest the last level. last one, right. Mm-hmm. So if you go to one of those universities or an accredited program that runs one of those streamlined courses, instead of needing, uh, I think you asked about like how many hours do you need? Right. The final one, you need 1,500 flight hours. Uh, but if you go to one of those accredited universities, you only have to do 1,000 before oh, one of wow. the airlines can come pick you up. So what exactly is the restriction then? The restriction is that uh, you can't act as a pilot in command of the aircraft that you're flying. And you're how, basically, how does that work? What that means is that you're sitting right seat, you're the first officer, and you can only be the first officer. So like the co-pilot. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, and then basically what happens in that uh, ATP process is, you know, you sit, it just allows you to sit in the right seat faster than you would in an airline transport. Because if you're brand new, they're not going to put you in the captain's seat right away. Well, you're uh, still going to yeah. sit in the right seat. But what that does is it allows you to enter the industry just a little bit quicker. And you can get those maybe, let's say you need the five, 500 more hours for the ATP without the restriction, then you already have those 500 hours in the cockpit with the pilot, right? Kind of thing. Correct. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So can you tell me a little bit more about like what specific classes that you took at North North Dakota, sorry? Yeah, uh, not many people know about North Dakota, so it's okay if you mispronounce some uh, of the North Dakota, don't you know? <laughs> don't you know? Uh, they call everything pap up pap. there, you know? Uh, every time they say soda, they get really pissed off, so. But uh, yeah, uh, a lot of great 
friends uh, that I still talk to now mm. that went to the University of North Dakota up there. But uh, so like I was talking about my core aviation classes, those were actually partnered with the licenses that I was doing. So when you are becoming a pilot, you have ground and you have flight training. Okay. And that ground training is just you one-on-one with an instructor teaching you the book knowledge and such. And well, the book knowledge is what exactly? FAA regulations, how to, you know, aircraft systems and technology, uh, how to do procedural things um, in the airplane, uh, air traffic control, flight routes, things like that. Okay. And was that like a semester of classes? Is that a year of classes? Is that the whole program? Or So basically that's all incorporated okay. into your flight training cost. Uh, but basically when you go to an accredited university, they will actually make it one of your university classes. So I actually sat in a class, you know, three or four times a week, uh, doing this ground school and all of my teachers were pilots, you know, they're either retired or current pilots that flew, you know, for the airlines or they flew corporate or whatever. So wealth of knowledge that I had to apply from got some really good letters of recommendation from them as well. Uh, and you know, if I had any questions, they'd say, oh, you know, I did this when I was doing my training, you should probably look into doing this so on and so forth. Okay. So you had your ground school in class makes sense. Mm -hmm. So what about the flight school? Where, where did you do that? Was that like a, so it was at the airport around the corner from the university. So I flew out of Grand Forks International Airport when I was doing my training. And so did those classes count like as credit too? Like did your, do you flying out of the airport and doing the flight training, did that count for credit? So you, uh, University of North Dakota, or I'll just abbreviate to UND. Okay. Yes, they did make it part of the curriculum. And passing the flight course was part of getting your bachelor's degree. Oh, okay. So let's say you were to fail one of the licenses or exams. and You have you to wouldn't... retake it. Okay. You couldn't mm-hmm. get your degree then. Uh, you could, and you can retake it as many times as you want. Okay. Right? So yeah, yeah. you can just, if you don't make it that semester, you can always try again the next semester. And so, you know, you have to pay for the licenses and you have to pay for the, the schools oh, yeah. and stuff. So is that covering your tuition? Um, yeah. So the flight training cost, my tuition was billed separately. So what I would do is... You would pay I for had, your flight training, you pay for your tuition. So my tuition was separate and my flight training was on a separate account. So, uh, but okay. I was able to, because uh, the, where I got my loans, because that's how I paid, you know, I don't have all this money out of pocket. Of course, the student, I was able to actually use student loans for flight training. And the bank that I went through knew that the university I was going to did have flight training. So I allocated some of my student loan funds to flight training to help me pay for it. Oh, that's a nice, that's a nice way of doing it. So it's kind of all in the same place, basically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, if you can use student loans to help pay, it's way less interest, you know, than doing like a private loan. Yeah. Um, So I was able to get away with a little bit lower interest cost on my flight training. Wow. So it seems like going to college, going to one of these aviation schools is almost like a little hack. Uh, yeah, you could say it that way. You know, some people don't feel don't feel about it that way. I mean, I obviously feel strongly because, you know, I went there. You're a little biased, yeah. Yeah, I'm, and I'm a little biased, and I can say that all of my friends are probably a little biased too. Shout yeah. out to all the alums out there. Yeah. Uh, the UND alum graduates are everywhere in the aviation industry, so. You guys are like a little, like, you guys are like a little frat or whatever. You yeah, know, pretty much. UND yeah. Yeah, you, can, you can say it that way, yeah. <laughs> Um, then, and then, uh, of course there's schools like, uh, Embry-Riddle as well. Also one of the top, uh, they're a private school. However, I also like to agree that I think UND is better. Just saying, uh, saying that right now. Well, so, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, people remember you're out there. We'll maybe send you an angry email or something. Who knows? Mm-hmm. 
Did but, you, uh, uh, I was going to say, did you want to know like uh, the final cost or like what I mean, it, what did everything share, really? Yeah, 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 yeah no, I'll, I'll be willing to share. I think the final cost, um, I had a couple scholarships in my time. Um, so I would say out of pocket, including all the loans that I uh, took out, I'm probably spent around seventy to seventy-five thousand total, including tuition plus flight training, okay. which is actually not bad because there are people out there with hundreds of thousands of dollars. In okay, loans. so Rag, I'm going to ask you now: Do you, how much are those schools that are like outside of you know those like flight schools that you were talking about earlier? Yeah. How much do those cost? Um, everything goes by the hour, literally. Oh, so okay. the airplane. Um, it's pretty industry standard now that you get the airplane and the fuel together. You don't have to pay for the fuel. Um, so the airplane's one cost. I usually spend about 165 170 per hour. Okay. And then the flight instructor is a different cost. You don't need the flight instructor for all your flights unless you're doing your private lessons. So let's say like at the end of everything, like when you have all your stuff done, how much do you think it would cost you without going to school? Um, so, so far, getting where I've gotten, I've spent about 20000 out of pocket. Um I think just to get the rest of what I need is about, I would say about twenty five k. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So, yeah. But, you, but the nice part about college is that you get a degree with it. I do. Yeah. Right. So I don't have to go to a college and get like a separate business degree. Yeah. But you. you know, I've had a lot of people in the industry that but, have done it the way that Radic is doing it, yeah. and they're in the same exact place that I'm at. So. Do you need a degree to become a pilot? Um, uh, you used to. Oh. But now, uh, not anymore. It's cause it, is, this, is that because there's a shortage of pilots right now? A little that bit, has yeah. That has a reason to do with it, yes. There's but a couple, they also realized – oh, sorry. Were you, you go ahead. I was just going to say there's a couple airlines that do require it, like FedEx. They still stand by the rule. You definitely need a bachelor's. Mm. But those degrees can be in anything. You can have a liberal arts degree and still be a pilot. Yeah, it was more of just like a I'm a fancy guy type of thing saying. Gotcha. And like I, I went to college type of thing. But a lot of the airlines are realizing that, yeah, we don't really care about that anymore. If they have the flight hours, they have the flight hours. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like one of those things with trades, right? Like, yeah. you know, a lot of times they don't if even If you have the trade, you. you have the trade. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, okay, I want to ask you one last thing about college before we move on. Okay. I know you were a CFI in college. I was. Uh, so how did that work? So uh, CFI stands for Certified Flight Instructor. There you go, for yeah. those of you who don't know what those abbreviations mean, we uh, everything has an acronym in aviation, as sure as Radic has been finding out. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so part of my curriculum was actually becoming a flight instructor and getting my flight instructor license. Oh, wow. Uh, so I flight instructed at the University of North Dakota for a about a year and a half. And that's an easy way to get hours, right? Easy way to build hours. That's the be- That's honestly what I can say one of the best ways to build hours. I mean, you get paid to, to get, get hours, to your airline right? transportation yeah. license. Yeah. Uh, there's obviously a, a slew of jobs that you can take. You can right. do, you know, parachute, jumper flying. Where oh, wait, it doesn't have to be just being a flying a plane. It could be anything in the air. Uh, no, no, no. I'm talking about you're the pilot flying. Oh, 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 I get it. Jumpers. I, I was right? going to say, yeah, yeah You okay. could do like banner towing. You could do aerial photography with wow. your commercial license. So there's, wow. uh, you could do like weather modification. Uh, there's a whole bunch of jobs out there that you can help build time. But being a flight instructor is probably one of the easiest ways and you get paid while doing it. And I'm sure it's relatively more consistent too than, yeah. Yeah, so... I worked my butt off at UND. Let's just put it that way. Like yeah. I was never in shortage of students to train because there's so there's so many kids up there. And uh, so, how many hours did you rack up at the end of my UND stint? Yeah, uh, probably close to about eight or nine hundred. Wow, dude! Uh, flight hours before I got offered another job. Um, 
that I was actively looking for because I didn't want to live in North Dakota anymore. Got you. <laughs> so, okay. I said, I know I said it last time, but I have one last question before we move on to like, your okay, current right. job. So, um, you, you mentioned something about a nonprofit that your friends put together. Do you want to mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, a bunch of my friends that I knew from UND put together a little nonprofit called uh, Project Aviator. And uh, you can find it at projectaviator.org. Uh, what they did was they created uh, a place where people who are interested in the aviation industry can get connected with a mentor. And then they can get their uh, path kind of – they or they can discuss their path with mm. the mentor. The mentor can kind of guide you uh, how to get there. You know, they can give you advice on this is what I would do or this is what I did when I was getting my license and so on and so forth. Take notes, my guy. Mm -hmm. I definitely will. Right. So um, on that website, they have a bunch of airline guys, a bunch of corporate guys like me um, that if you had, you know, you you don't really want to go to the airlines, you could talk to a corporate guy or you really want to go to the airlines. So you talk to an airline guy like, Mm. what do I got to do? to get there. And they just started uh, doing some funding as well so that they can uh, start giving out scholarships. I think they gave wow. out their first scholarship for a written exam wow, not too big. long ago. So yeah, no, they're doing great work over there. So good job, guys. Keep it up, guys. Um, okay, so let's talk about your job now. So how did you land your first job? You said you want to get out of North Dakota. So, <laughs> so yeah, so technically my first flying job was at North Dakota. Oh, right, right, right. Because they, because they, they said, congratulations, you got your flight instructor you will now start in three weeks. <laughs> wow. And I was like, sweet. You know, I finally get to fly for a living. Um, but yeah, I was I was in, I was flight instructing there. Uh, and then, of course, I, I went home for spring break. I finally got a week off, um, thanks to my boss. And, God uh, bless his soul. Oh yeah, he was a real one. Uh, but uh, of COVID happened. All right. And mm. uh, so... Basically, we got put on like a sabbatical, so we were kind of furloughed, um, but they still, they said, we're coming back, we just don't know when. So I said, okay, you know, that's fine. Well, I was in uh, Las Vegas, because, you know, I'm from there, I'm, I came home, uh, I actually went job searching, and uh, just to like find and see what was out there, poke my nose, and of course, nobody's hiring because it's COVID, right? right? Um, as soon as I moved back to North Dakota to start working again, I get a call back from one of the... Uh, and that places. was all in, right? Yep, all in aviation mm. and Henderson. So uh, they gave Cirrus you, yeah. outfit, yeah. So they gave me, they actually called, I didn't think they would, but they called me back and they said, hey, uh, you're a UND guy. Um, both me and the owner are UND guys. And we like, <laughs> they said we like the product that they put out and we're looking for an instructor. Are you willing to come back and do an interview? You're like, heck yeah. And I was like, yeah. You better believe it. So I came back. And the rest is history. Yep. Yeah. I, I uh, left my job at UND and went to work for them. And what a great job that was flying uh, these really expensive four-seater prop airplanes. I did flight training uh, like I was doing at UND, but I also did a lot of aircraft ferry, like transporting uh, purchased airplanes across okay. the country to their new owners, doing training for new owners, and uh, did a lot of really cool stuff in those airplanes. So really cool place. Good experience. How many hours did you rack up with them over there? Probably close to seven or eight hundred hours. Wow, and that wasn't them. what? Like that that wasn't even two years, was it? No, it was just a little over a year. Just wow. I got cool. a, I got a lot of flight hours working there, yeah. I remember the first time I ever went up in a plane, like not a commercial, but like a airline. Was oh yeah, Chase. I took you with me. <laughs> Chase called yeah. me like what was it like ten o'clock at night? He's like, hey dude, like uh, I gotta get some. I gotta do like what was it called? I was getting night current. Night current. He had to. I gotta go, just go up and down a bunch of times, 
And uh, he's like, do you want to come with me? I was like, I guess, dude. Like, why not? I'm not doing anything else. No, no, so no. I don't think it, it was. was fun. I don't think it was night current. Yeah, it was night current. It was at night. No, you know what I think I was doing? Um, I think I just got, uh, I just wanted to do some takeoffs and landings just for practice. Oh, okay. Because like sometimes um, what happened, like I get, sometimes we got rusty. So we were like, oh yeah, so let's just, uh, let's just go out and screw around and have a good time. And like, let's just do a couple landings just so I can practice every now and again. And uh, I paid for that out of pocket. Oh, did you really? I didn't know. Yeah. So I paid for that one out of pocket because I just wanted to practice a little bit more. Um, but uh, usually if you need to get current, uh, the company will pay for that. So, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. I, that was really fun though. I Thanks for the invite. That was Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, that <laughs> was, that was a good time, man. That was a fun, fun airplanes and stuff. So do you want to talk about like sort of the your new job and how you got your current job because i know did you work you, you went straight from all in to thrive right i did yeah okay so do you want to talk about that kind of that hop yeah yeah so um <clears throat> i actually knew about thrive um already i was doing my research uh while i was at all in aviation uh i always wanted to do corporate uh yeah. when i was in college i did an internship with a corporate company yeah um so that was a really really fun experience really laid back guys, you know, they were wearing like polos and shorts. I showed up to my first day in, in a suit and they were like, cool suit, man, but you don't have to wear that. And I was like, oh, thanks. Uh, but yeah, le- learning about the corporate industry was great. And that internship that I had in college was awesome. Uh, and that really opened my eyes to the different facets of aviation. It's not just about the airlines. So I was already looking at corporate um, all over the place. And then uh, I knew about Thrive actually from a pilot that I'd met nice. um, who was there working for Thrive. And our paint scheme is kind of crazy on those Thrive planes, so you can always pick them out out of nowhere. Uh, so, yeah, I just put my application in when I had 1,500 hours and got hired pretty quick because well, they needed uh, a pilot. They needed people. You know, you talk about that pilot shortage, you know, it's real. Wow. So inter- process, interview process was pretty chill, pretty easy. You just went there, had the interview, and they hired you pretty much. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I did an HR interview first, and then I go through a second round of interview, which is the more technical side of the right. interview, um, asking about questions, qualifications, uh, aircraft systems, aircraft knowledge, hmm. instrument knowledge, things like that. And then uh, I think I had one final interview with the chief pilot, which was just more of a formality, and yeah. then I got hired. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. Um, so is there like some kind of camaraderie around pilots? Like, are you guys, is it like kind of, yeah, you really there? Yeah. No, like pilots seri- recognize pilots. Like seriously, uh, I see like people that I've met all across the country, like all the time. Really? Like, I'll just be like, and Oh, there's like, my, I was like, bro. there's my buddy from UND and I flew that guy once and I flew with that guy once and like, you'll see him everywhere. So wow. the net, the aviation network is actually very small. Wow. Okay. So it's, I mean, I'm sure like as long as you network around there, you know, you always have a job. Big tip, network, network, yeah. network, network, because somebody might come offering a job. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Put your I name mean, out there. <laughs> I know. And well, I remember one day Chase re- added me on LinkedIn. I was like, oh, look at Chase, dude. And I looked at his connections because sometimes I like to just see who people are connected. It's like pilot, 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 pilot. <laughs> yeah. Pilot. <laughs> yeah. All the other, all the other pilot guys. Yeah, yeah. But so do you have any advice for like, other than networking, of course, for people like students at an aviation school or maybe someone going through the process like Radic or... Um. Yeah, take your time. Don't rush yourself into something that you're not sure of, right? So a lot of times companies will try and push like, 
you know, do these programs that'll fast track you and mm. fast track you. But uh, really, you want to go at your own pace. Do which with what's most comfortable for you. Don't push yourself into something you don't want. Or like, you know, if you're like such a hardcore guy, I want to go to the airlines so bad. And then you sign up with the airlines and you're like, man, this sucks. Or like you go corporate and you're like, man, this sucks. I should have gone to the airlines, right? Um, always give yourself more than one option. Don't lock yourself down into one thing early on. That's one of the best things that I can say. Yeah. No, that's some good advice that he's giving. Um, I would just say personally, just definitely go at your own pace. Um, don't let anyone push you into something that's unsafe either. There's a lot of um, Like, oh, CFIs. you've been flying for a long time. Like, you should take your test kind of thing. Yeah, no, there's a lot of CFIs too that when you're training, they'll kind of push you a little bit. Like, oh, you need to do your solo like now, even though you only have like 20 hours or something like that. So just try to avoid things like that. And for the most part, you'll be safe. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then what about maybe internships? Would you recommend having an internship? I know you said that really changed Absolutely. You. Anything that can give you a leg up, do it. Um, I did an internship in college. Uh, it looks really good on your resume, really? but it also gives you insight into the industry that you're looking for. So if you want more information on corporate or airline, get an internship. And there's no better way to see how a company operates than actually going to work for them in some capacity and seeing how it actually operates behind the lines. Wow. Well, Chase, I really appreciate you coming out to chat with me and Radic. Thank you for being here. I, I learned so much today, to be honest, and I hope uh, it helps any students out there looking to get into aviation. Yep, absolutely. Thanks so much for listening to The Job Forum. If you want any more details or have any questions, visit my website at manaaziz.com, M-A-N-A-A-Z-I-Z.com. Welcome to The Job Forum.